Warning, this show may contain adult language that is not suitable for all audiences. This is the TSN MMA Show with Aaron Bronstetter and Bazooka Joe Valtellini. Welcome to the interview edition of the TSN MMA Show. I'm your host, Aaron Bronstetter, joined by some really high-profile guests. The week of UFC 275 in Singapore. And the names are abundant for this particular episode. Let's start with UFC President Dana White. He joins us to preview UFC 275. Followed by the two main event combatants. We got Glover Teixeira, Yuri Prokashka, the women's flyweight champion of the world, Valentina Shevchenko, the former women's strawweight champion of the world, Joanna Jacek. Loaded show for you today for UFC 275 Fight Week. So why don't we get right to it? Let's start off with UFC President Dana White previewing UFC 275 and talking about some other subjects. Here he is. UFC 275 is upon us in Singapore. Glover Teixeira looking to defend the title for the first time. Now, Dana, he's 42 years old. What do you think was the X factor for him to finally win the title and become the oldest first-time champion in UFC history? I don't know. I mean, I I don't know if if there's an X factor. The guy's one of the best in the world, has been for a long time. And, uh, you know, finally got his opportunity and and made the most of it. Do you think a lot of it is just matchups in the light heavyweight division? It seems like a lot of the fighters aren't quite as good at grappling as a lot of the lighter divisions. Yeah, maybe. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think that anybody was shocked that Glover Teixeira won. I mean, for, for many, many years, you heard about him, and he was supposed to be the next big thing. Let's call him a late bloomer, I guess. Well, this is actually the fourth straight time that he's nearly a 2-1 to one underdog in a fight, and it seems like the money train's rolling with Glover. Yeah, you, well, the, the thing is, is that, you know, Yuri, this guy's on a 12-fight win streak. Um, he's got 23 first-round finishes, 96% finish rate. He's a bad dude. So, uh, you know, if you look at all the other, all the other uh, factors with Glover, his age, and, you know, he's probably going to want to get this fight to the ground as soon as possible, yada, yada, yada. I, I could see him being a bit of an underdog. Well, with Yuri, I mean, this is your type of fighter. This is a guy who, who throws one to give one. I think he throws about, uh, I guess, lands about seven significant strikes and absorbs about seven significant strikes per minute. Uh, but do you think that kind of style is really negative for him against a guy like Gover Teixeira, who's so opportunistic? Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's what makes this fun fight, though. Styles make fights, and stylistically, this is a, a very fun fight. Absolutely. And Tyler Santos in the co-main event against Valentina Shevchenko. If you look at Yuri and Tyler Santos, if either of them or both of them win, they'll be the only champions in their 20s in the UFC. Right now, every champion is either over 30 or, in Glover's case, over 40. Why do you think it's taking some of these fighters so long to get into the championship mix in their 20s and we're not seeing as many champions in their 20s anymore? Well, Yuri uh, has been on the fast track. I mean, when you really think about it, I mean, the, the guy's got two UFC fights. He's ranked number two in the world. He's fighting for a world title. You know, uh, if you think about how many fighters we have in the UFC under contract and how hard it is to really break into that top three, very, very hard to do. And, um, you know, you've you got to run through the gauntlet of just total badasses here. Yeah, absolutely. And Yuri has done just that. And looking at Tyler Santos... She's lost one fight in the UFC since then, has not lost a single round. So she's on an absolute roll. Not a lot of people are talking about her. She's really under the radar. 
but a fantastic fighter, very well-rounded, just like Valentina Shevchenko. There's not really an area of weakness for her. Why do you think that she's kind of under the radar in this spot? I couldn't have said that any better myself. You're absolutely right. The big problem with this fight is this is a very dangerous fight for Valentina Shevchenko, and not enough people know it. What you just said is dead on, and, uh, you know, this This is one of those fights where, oh, wait, I, I, I don't really know who this girl is. I haven't heard of her. And then, you know, you hear some big upset happen on Saturday. This is, a, this is a big fight for Valentina. And if Valentina runs through her like she's run through everybody else, holy shit. Yeah, I mean, she continues to do it, and she's talking 135 now, but we're seeing a lot of young contenders coming up in that flyweight division. You've you got Manon Fioro, who's still in her 30s, but still kind of a newcomer to MMA. You've got Aaron Blanchfield, who just got a win this past weekend. So there still are some new contenders that are rising at 125 pounds. Yeah, no, no I agree. Um, we actually, there's a feature out there right now on this fight between Valentina and Santos, and it is awesome, and it breaks the fight down really well. And... Uh, you know, um, th this this is a real tough fight for Valentina. Yeah, this is, to me, a total underdog or past situation. You look at Tyler Santos as, what, a 6-1 to one underdog, and I think that number is going to keep climbing as the week goes on. Crazy. I'm with you. Now, Wei Lee versus Joanna. Obviously, the first fight is going to be in the Hall of Fame one day. It's perhaps the greatest fight in women's MMA history, maybe even MMA history. An unbelievable fight. But this one's three rounds. There's no title belt on the line can this possibly live up to the expectations of the first one? I, I don't think you put that kind of pressure on this fight. You know, you, you, you saw the first one. It was incredible. And, and you're absolutely right again. Probably, you know, one of the greatest fights, forget about female fights of all time. Um, it's it, You know, I don't know what to expect out of this one. These two are both savages. It should be a fun fight. But it might not be five rounds. It might not be for the title. But the winner of this will get a shot at Carlos Barza. Joanna's been off for two-plus years. Since that fight, Zhang Veli is 0-2. Is that the kind of fight that can take a lot out of a fighter in terms of the miles uh, on, the, you know, on their career? There's only a finite amount of damage that you can take in an MMA career. 100%. I mean, the, the, the first fight with those two, every time you see a fight like that, you're like, going to be interesting to see what the rest of their career looks like after that fight. This is the second straight pay-per-view that features Andre Fialyu. He's been on a roll so far in the UFC. He lost his first fight, but he's been knocking people out left and right since then. I think this is his fourth fight of the year. Tell me about your conversation with him backstage after his last fight uh, last month in Phoenix. No, I like this kid. I like this kid. I like guys that, that, that want to fight all the time. I like guys that want to go in and finish all the time. And, uh, you know, th this kid's right up my alley. So he came back into my dressing room after the fight and told me, I want to fight again. I said, when? And he said, realistically, Singapore makes sense. I said, I'll make it happen. The matchmakers hate when I do that shit, but uh, I love it. Yeah, I was going to say, you pulled, one, uh, you pulled one over them once again. You, you say this is going to happen and they have to figure it out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Jake Matthews, though, a, a good opponent and kind of from the region, from Australia. It's a bit of a shorter trip for him. Was he going to be on the card anyways, or was that just a matchup that he said, I'll take this one? No, I think so. I, I think they were planning on putting him on the card and you know, it's a tough matchup for this kid, so should be fun. And I, I love the fact that this kid doesn't give a shit who his opponent is. Now, Saturday is not the only fight this week in Singapore. You've got two Road to the UFC tournament events in the lead-up to Singapore. Now, this is the opening round. When are you expecting this tournament to wrap up? And are we going to see more tournaments like this when you guys do international cards where you can get talent from the region to go head-to-head? 
Well, I'm always looking for new ways to create new talent, um, build more fans, build the sport. So um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how this thing goes. And, and if it's successful and we're happy with it, then, then yes. And maybe we'll start doing this uh, in more places. You had some Asian fighters on the Contender Series last year, but is it just logistically better to do something like this where you can do it either in Abu Dhabi in October if you're going to finish it then? Um, you do it, of course, in Singapore this week. Is it just, from a logistics standpoint, a lot easier to do something like this? Well, yeah. I mean, logistically, it makes sense. Our team is up and running over there, and we're putting on the event. Uh, plus, you know, we, we, we have a television deal over there, too, that we're, uh, you know, creating content for. And finally, this is the first UFC event that we've seen in Asia since the pandemic, aside from, of course, Fight Island. And you guys right. are going to France in September. The big question, of course, here at TSN and in Canada is, are we going to see a Canadian date on the calendar in 2022 for the UFC? Uh, I, I don't know yet. Um, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Again, it, it all depends on how, uh, how the world gets back to normal. You know, obviously, Canada is a huge market for us. Canada is a big part of our history. I love it up there. And uh, I, I love Toronto. I love all the different cities, restaurants, hotels, the whole deal. It just it's going to depend on whether the, the world gets back to normal. I want to go to Canada this year. We'll see. Well, reading between the lines here, I'm thinking you're talking about the vaccine requirement for the athletes because in, in baseball, in I'm the talking, NBA, it's happened. I'm talking about the world getting back to normal, period. Not just not just in, in, in uh, Canada, in, in states here in, in America, too. People are asking me if I'm going to go back here or go back there. It depends on how how fast we, we, we get back to normal. Um, I mean, that, that determines where I'm going to go. I'm going to go wherever it is that's easiest for me to run my business and for my fans to come watch the event. So what is the hesitation? Because we've got full capacity right now. We don't have a masking mandate indoors. What right now is the sticking point for coming back to Canada? I think that in Canada right now, we'd need an, a fully vaccinated card. Everybody on the card would have to be vaccinated. Yeah, that's what I had mentioned before, is that the, uh, in MLB, NBA, a lot of their athletes are unable to enter Canada because there's a vaccine requirement. Yeah. Well, that's the problem. <laughs> All right. Well, there you have it. Thank you, Dana. Appreciate this. It's UFC 275 on Saturday. Big main event, Yuri Prokashka challenging against the champion Glover Teixeira. Appreciate your time. Look forward to seeing you next month in Las Vegas. Thanks, buddy. Have a great day. He's one of the all-time great light heavyweights in the history of mixed martial arts and the champion of the light heavyweight division. But Glover, yesterday, a very important day for you, it was the 10-year anniversary of the first time you set foot in the UFC octagon, what do you remember about that fight? Wow, man, it was uh, it was incredible because uh, for ten years, uh, for, yeah, for, for yeah, nine and a half years, I was dreaming about it. You know, the walk, the walk, and uh, and stepping octagon for the first time was uh, was incredible moment. It was incredible moment, man. I couldn't I couldn't be happier to be at UFC at the moment, and uh, I couldn't be happy. I, I, I can't believe it's been 10 years. Times fly, you know? Well, my other question for you is, what did you do 10 years ago today, the day after the fight? 
the day after the fight. Oh, the day after the fight, we hang out. You know, it's funny. The day after the fight, I was hanging out with uh, my boy, little Brian, in Las Vegas, and uh, I got called. Uh, I got called to fight Shogun, and Shogun denied. Yeah, and I was I was so happy too. I was so pumped up. I was like, "Yeah, fight him, Glover! You're gonna fight in two weeks. Can you fight in two weeks with Shogun?" I was like, "Hell yeah!" You know, and I was so excited about it. I was so excited to go back right into camp. And I say, "You know what? I'm not even gonna drink. I'm just gonna stay focused because I think I'm gonna fight in two weeks with Shogun." And then they managed to call a couple minutes later and say, uh, "No fight. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't want to fight you." And um, we don't have enough name, blah, blah, blah. So we just hang out. I hang out with Chuck and uh, little Brian. Oh, you know, all the team over there. There's a lot of guys there. Pedro Hizo. I'm sure it was Marco a disappointing Bull. day for you. It ended up being a disappointing day because of the show contest. Uh, well, I was so happy already, of course. And I knew and I knew the future, you know. That was just uh, uh, um, a hype. I didn't get uh, disappointed at all because... Uh, you know, man, when you when you're that happy, you cannot uh, have a, any anything bother you. You know, and I knew what the future hold. When that when they offered me Shogun, and I was very happy because I was like, hey, man, my first fight in UFC, they already fight, offered me Shogun. I mean, they know they know who I am. They know what I what I'm capable to do it, and they know I'm already a top fighter. How do you think Glover Teixeira today does against the Glover Teixeira that fought John Jones all those years ago? I mean, you were in your prime back then in terms of what people consider to be MMA prime. How would that Glover do against you? I'll have to teach that guy a lesson, man. Tell him how to be cool, to be relaxed, and to fight the right time, you know? To not go too crazy. Relax a little bit. <laughs> That's the lesson you would teach to the, the Glover Teixeira of old? Ten yeah. Years ago? Yeah, relax, hold your anxiety, don't be uh, too attached to the, to the goal, you know, uh, have the goal, have the, the, the what you want in your mind, have the intention, you know, and focus on the discipline the whole time, but don't get attached to it, you know, don't get attached to it, don't matter, it's all play, at the end of the day, it's all game, it's all play, losing, winning is, uh, man, the, the life is so much more than that. So much more than this. This is a career. This is a fight. That's a belt. And there's a beautiful belt. I'm looking at it. Um, but at the end of the day, man, our life is so much more than just the competition, just the money that we make, just whatever we do. And that's how the age and the time, I guess, and the whole situation that I've been through, it teach me, and I could be passing on to a 34 years old Glover with Fuck John Jones, yeah. I look at your shirt, the pit shirt. Of course, you trained with John Hackleman earlier on in your career in the UFC with you know the likes of Chuck Liddell, like you mentioned. But in the last, whatever, five, seven years, I don't know where exactly, uh, when you exactly left the pit. Tell me about your training conditions, because a lot of people are part of these big teams, you have really kind of created your whole environment around yourself that you've been training in. Walk me through that and how much that's grown. Yeah. Yeah, I opened the gym. John is still going in my corner, you know. Uh, he lives in California, and he's at the gym there. I learned so much from John. And, uh, and 
uh, as a coach too you know i have my own gym i open um you know i have a garage like kind of you know it's a storage unit kind of place when i i opened my first gym was 2200 square feet you know i just opened the gym there i put one side of mat one side of conditioning and uh believe it or not that is what you need to be a champ of the world i had a mat with the walls and with the cage with a fence i mean and then i had the the condition part very small but have all the stuff that you need rower airdyme you know all the 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 torturous stuff uh, you know for some of the fighters but um you know now I, uh, a, a lot of people say hey man you open the gym that because i i opened the gym right after john john's fight uh i was working at a gym when i fought phil davis so i trained for phil davis on that gym pretty much like on the gym was still in construction i was working over there and I lost that fight. Then everybody start talking about like, hey man, maybe you you planning to retire? You open a gym, you know? People start training in the garage, but after they become a big fighter and fight for the title, they they fight in a bigger gym. You start in a bigger gym, and now you're going back to to the garage. I say, you know, man, I think I've been around. I've been all over the place. I went to Holland, Peter Hart's training, training with Pedro Hizo, Marco Huard. You name it, I've been around. You know, Lioto. So I got all this knowledge, and I, I say, no, I want to do it here. I call Finelli, Feliz, to be my coach, my boxing coach, because I knew him. And, uh, man, here we are, man. The grinding start there, 2014, and here we 2022, a champ of the world. My gym is uh, in a bigger place now. We got a bigger gym now. It's packed. It's amazing. Fight team is great. We're going. So the garage is like MMA's field of dreams. If you build it, they will come. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Kevin Costa, huh? <laughs> nice. See, I, was, I know you've lived in the U.S. for a long time, but I was worried that one might fly over your head. I don't, you know, not everybody knows these references. Yeah, no, no, I, uh, no, I love that. You know, I, I think somebody say that. Um, somebody say that because uh, when they they, they start, I think it was I don't know if it was. Uh, was Shell Sony? Somebody was saying there, like, "Hey, Glover, you're doing a great thing, man. Built and they will come, yeah. And they people coming, man. Everybody, everybody wants to know the secret of the old man, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's the fountain of youth. Uh, so, yeah. when you talk about how well you're doing, of course, right now in your career, you have a very unique skill set. If you look at what the top light heavyweights have, you know, a lot of them are more striking-based fighters. I think a guy like Anthony Smith has kind of similar skills to you, but we saw how how you did against him. Do you think that on your best day, that there's nobody that can beat you in this division because of your unique skill set? Yeah, gotta be. Uh, I, I have to believe there. I believe there for sure. Like I, I told uh, the way my mind was, the body is there. You know, the body is how you prepare the body. Right now, it's very good this knowledge to how I prepare my body. But the mind is very important to be focused and be empty, like Bruce Lee say. And, uh, they, but they don't believe that. You know, uh, all the secrets is over there in the book. I mean, all those secrets is over there in, in tons of books, you know. Uh, Bruce Lee, Miyamoto Musashi, you know, all about martial arts. And then if you go on uh, a life, uh, 
things, you know, you have the Bible, you have so many books to tell you how to live amazing life. But people don't pay attention to that. People are so caught up in, uh, in their own mind. They, they think like, oh, I know, I know what's good for me. And um, they don't follow this stuff. So I guess uh, you just got to open your mind, have knowledge and... And keep fighting, but I told people, like, the way my mind was for that fight with Yon, man, I, I, at that day, and I wanted to keep it that way, I wanted to stay that way, and, it's, and it is right now. No one can beat me. There's no man could beat me that day. So do you read all kinds of books, listen to podcasts? Like, where are you getting this kind of information from that, that helps you figure out how to, you know, clear your head mentally? Just sit and be quiet. That's all it takes. It's just meditation, right? Yeah, sit and be quiet, my friend. And I read a lot of books, of course. I read a lot of spiritual books, you know. I'm uh, uh, not religion too much, but I, uh, you know, very uh, uh, believe in in Bible and Jesus, you know. But, like, I don't go to church or, or anything. I just read a lot. I read a lot and uh, try to, um, I say, uh, I, I try to listen to other people teaching but at the same time i try to interpret myself you know when i read something i try to get that interpretation and i sit down and but most of it is just sit and quiet and uh quiet your mind like bruce lee say right empty your mind my friend i don't know if you remember the last time we spoke you pointed to something on the shelf behind me it was this this guy here you said that's the that's the glover Funko Pop. It's actually Daniel Cormier, but you said it looks like me. And next time we talk, I'm going to have that belt, and here we are. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. That guy over there, and you, and you, and you left there, looked like more like me. Now on the other side, that was that. Yeah, this guy, yeah, yeah, he looked like more like me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah there he is. So now you've got, I mean, you got the newer belt. Hey, I got my own. I got my own now. Hey, didn't get that one. I got my own now, man. I got a. I got as a gift as a, a friend. Give me a gift. Uh, well, I had the. I had the doll, but he gave me the belt. See. Yeah. See, look at that. So you, we've manifested it. We've manifested the championship, uh, Glover the yeah. Sharon doll. Well, Glover, it's always a pleasure speaking with you. Uh, best of luck, of course, against Yuri Prokashka. It's a mm-hmm. UFC uh, in Singapore, and we. You know, really enjoy watching your continued success at this at this great age, and we think that it's going to continue. Yeah, man, thank you. Appreciate it. Yes, it will continue. I'm doing my best for that. I'm training at a high level. I'm pushing myself to the limit, and uh, that's the plan, my friend. Defending this belt and still. Happy to say ahoy to my next guest. He's Yuri Prokashka fighting for the light heavyweight championship. The entire Czech Republic will be saying Beyepe on Sunday. I guess it'll be Sunday local time in Singapore when you're facing Glover. Uh, obviously a big opportunity for you. You've been waiting for it for a while. Do you like having this much time off between fights or do you feel like it's hard to get the momentum that you need as a fighter? Uh, for, me, it doesn't, for me, it doesn't matter how long. And I'm, re- I'm 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 glad to that moment. Of the title is here, and I'm ready to to win that. Right now, you're in Thailand. You're very close to uh, Singapore. How much time have you spent in Thailand in the lead up to this fight? I know that you most of your camp was in Czech, but uh, you've spent some time now in Thailand. 
uh, I was there with my team uh, for three weeks pre of prepare for to finish the preparation here, and and everything's everything's is on the right place, and I'm very glad for that to be to be there uh, for for uh, for the finishing preparation, and I think everything's everything is uh, is ready. I'm ready and. Just, just let's go to Singapore. Yeah, it seems like you, you must be ready. Uh, it's been a, more than a year and of anticipation for this moment for you. Uh, how many places did you travel to in the last year in order to train? Uh, like you mean like the training camps? Yeah. Which different places did you go to? I know you went to Arizona with Fight Ready. Uh, anywhere else that you went to? Uh, I was in Norway. In uh, in uh, Norway, in the Frontline Academy, uh, I was in uh, many gyms in in a in a, in, a, in the Czech Republic, and and uh, yeah, I think that, that that was that was enough for me, because I don't need to uh, to to spend that time of of traveling or looking for something uh, I know what I want and I just uh, I just uh, tries to 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 push my style to evolve myself to, uh, to for uh, for a next life to be on the next level how did you get into MMA I know in Czechia there aren't a lot of uh, fighters that have come out of the region at least at really high level MMA so when you were growing up, how did you get into the sport, uh, you know, as a whole? Uh, in Czech Republic is uh, in Czech Republic is uh, it's it's by the it's by the place. But uh, good thing in Czech Republic, the Muay Thai or and, and stand up is is on a, on a, is on a high level, yeah. And for the for the for the ground game and for the wrestling, I have to travel a little bit uh, to 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 see the uh, to effective things, the principles and all these things. But uh, but stand up and and the wrestling like judo, we have very good. How did you get into combat sports as, as a child? Uh, I, I had read that your, your father passed away when you were quite young. So how did you gravitate towards the sport uh, at, at such a young age? Uh, I started with, uh, with martial arts in, uh, in my, on my high school. On my high school when, uh, uh, when I started in my 17. Yeah, in my 17. And uh, I started with Muay Thai. And after two years of uh, fighting... In, of, in Muay Thai, I changed for, sorry, <laughs> it's night, and I changed, I changed my style for MMA, and, but everybody knows I'm, I'm the, I'm the, from, from my basic uh, Muay Thai fighter, and I love that. So you've been just competing in, in combat sports for 12 years. So that's that's still quite young in your in your career. I know you're in your 20s still. You're turning 30 later this year. Uh, you look at Glover and how much he, you know experience he has. He's I think this is his 20th year as a professional mixed martial artist. Uh, obviously that experience is uh, is great, but he's also an, an older uh, gentleman. 
and has been doing this for, for quite some time. So do you think that your youth is going to be uh, more of, of a benefit for you than his experience? Maybe, yeah. Maybe it will be a little, a little advantage, but, uh, but I think uh, in, this, in this case, in this case, uh, his his skills. We we will see how he uh, how he will use that, yeah. But physically and uh, for, for like uh, conditionally, I think uh, I, I will show I'm uh, I'm I'm on the like I'm I'm on the next level in there. Have you been impressed with what he's done? Obviously, he's turning 43 this year, so to see him become champion at such a late stage in his career, it's very, very difficult to do. But watching him do what he's been able to do, have you been enjoying, I guess, watching his journey from afar? Uh, and what's the question? Sorry? I'm just wondering if you take inspiration from, from Glover for his being able to do what he's been able to do at such a late age. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. It's uh, his, his journey and, and all his history. In the, in the UFC is very inspiration, inspirational, and I like that. I like that, and that's that's why uh, that's the one of many things. What why I respect him, and yeah. It looks like the title fights this year. If you look at the championship fights that we've had so far, most of them are rooted in a very deep respect. You're not seeing a lot of trash talking anymore uh, in in MMA, and I know that you have the samurai spirit and really uh, relish that part of the sport that you're, you know, it's, it's gentlemen that are competing. Uh, do you like to see that, that that's kind of the way things have changed in, in this sport recently? Uh, yes, I like to see that, but, uh, but uh, you have to know what is, what is behind that, uh, what is behind that, uh, uh, that trash talking and all these things. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm quiet. And I'm I'm respectful because I'm full of self confidence and all these things, yeah. So so I have no uh, no some some uh, like uh, some fears why to why to to be angry for my opponent and and all these things. That that's why you have to uh, understand the way of warrior. And I think the Glover is uh, like a normal, normal man and the warrior. And why, why we have to do that? We we don't have, we don't need to, to, uh, to be angry for uh, for ourselves. Or I don't know who if if he, if he is some if he's uh, preparing something special for me. <laughs> Those for me for me doesn't matter. I believe in myself, in my uh, in my skills, in my uh, in my mind. So that's all it's about. You know, one thing—it's funny. Speak, having spoken to Glover recently, one thing that you have a real uh, head start on in your career that I'm sure he wishes he could have done is he said the key for him really was inner peace, being able to just kind of sit in a room and and be in the now and breathe and. These are things that I, I know that you hold very dear to you, something that you, you have made part of your preparation. He feels like he learned that a little bit too late in his career. You know, it's very hard to get that kind of maturity, and you have that in your 20s. What made you go towards finding inner peace in, in your life and in your career, and that being kind of a weapon you use in martial arts? 
Uh, I think everybody who's who's honestly studying the way of of a warrior, like uh, like not just uh, like uh, I'm an athlete. I like the sport and, and I do MMA and uh, all these things. But uh, everybody who who taking that seriously, and uh, they I think they understand that you, uh, you the biggest uh, weapon you have is your mind yes and that, that's all, that's all that's all what can regular people like me i do i do interviews right and i, I cover mixed martial arts i'm not in the cage like you are what do you think regular people can get from embodying the warrior spirit what's a lesson that you wish that regular people on a day-to-day basis could take away from the warrior spirit and, and that that mentality uh-huh. Yeah, I think you have to be you have to be prepared for me. What the question, the strategy, how you want to talk with how you want to talk with me, and uh, and some sometimes some uh, some interview guys, some journalists, uh, they have the strategy how to provoke, yeah, how to how to speak, which uh, 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 how they how they want to use the his day day language and all these things it's it's sometimes it's uh it's not uh, physical phys- physical war but it's uh, sometimes it's mental war yeah like uh just uh, war of uh, of your words of our words that's that that you can uh, that you can learn from that <laughs> Well, Yuri, I find you very enlightening. I wish I had more time to speak with you. But uh, you've got some pretty big plans in the next little bit. Of course, a fight with Glover Teixeira to bring home the light heavyweight title to uh, the Czech Republic. You'd be the first uh, Czech champion in the UFC. I really appreciate your time, and best of luck to you in Singapore. Thank you. Thank you. See you. She doesn't really need an introduction. She's Bullet Valentina Shevchenko, the number one pound-for-pound female fighter in the sport right now. And she's taking on Tyla Santos. This is your 20th year as a mixed martial artist, professional mixed martial artist, do you ever give that any sort of thought that you've been in this game for such a long time? Uh, actually, I'm in martial arts for 29 years, almost almost 30. <laughs> it's pretty unbelievable that, you, that you've been able to I do know. it for this time. Some, some, some of my opponents, they are still having like 22, 24, and I am doing martial arts for, for 29. <laughs> I actually noticed today, you had your first professional win before Glover Teixeira did, who's headlining the same card as you. And, I mean, he's like 43 years old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that, that is a good card we have then, right, in Singapore. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I look back at, at your first fight, and I guess you were 13 or 14 years old at the time. How did you get a professional fight at that age? Uh, you know, I kind of like, um, I started very early to do martial arts at five years old. And uh, my mother, she's a um, uh, martial artist. My sister, all my family, they are martial artists. And I kind of like grew up with that skills of being martial artist. And um, at the time when I was uh, like 12, I kind of like already was a bigger girl. And um, I never doubted that I can do fight and can go there and fight like older opponent. My first professional fight, I was um, fighting with opponent who was older than me in, for five years. 
so I was 12, she was 17. But we kind of like looked the same, the same way. And yeah, my coach believed in me. Uh, my family believed in me that, that uh, I can do that. And I just did it. I won my fight and it was fine. And it's nothing weird in that. For example, if we are speaking about Muay Thai fight and Thai fighter, they starting to fight professionally at age seven. <laughs> you already having like their first professional fight at seven years old. It's kind of like different approach what we can see from different cultures. It's just wild to me thinking of you being like 13 years old and knocking girls out in the first round who are like 19, 20 years old. I don't know. It just seems, seems so interesting to me. Yeah, it's, um, um, it's not about the age. It's not about the numbers. It's all about the skills and your mental toughness and your readiness. So if you are ready, no matter how old are you, and I would say this age, like 13, 14, 15, it's like fearless. And it's like, uh, there is no fear at all at this age. And then when with more experience in the life, you're thinking, oh my God, how I did that at that age, how I jumped from that building. But at that age, you kind of like, uh, you are not scared of uh, nothing in the world. You just go forward and take what is yours, <laughs> how you think. <laughs> now, I've asked you this question before, and whenever I watch an interview with you, it seems everybody's asking, how do you stay so focused? But you mentioned you've been doing this for 29 years. So since you were four years old, you've been doing this. This is like eating or drinking to you. It's so it's a second nature. Is that why you're able to stay so focused? This, this is just kind of a part of your being at this point in time. Yeah, it's all experience. So I, um, I, I would say that I didn't learn martial arts. I was just born with the skills of being martial artist. And this is a big difference. When you are learning something, yeah, yes, you have, it's, you, you kind of like, it's like a language. When you learn like second, third, fifth language, it's kind of like uh, you will feel that it's still different for you. But when you are born with that, like one or two languages, you feel it's your natural thing. This is how I feel about my martial arts. I was born with that skills. That's why uh, all this experience that what I have during all these years of practicing, it gave me a lot of knowledge. How I should be during the year, my preparation, during the rest, during the like um, any moment of my life, to stay uh, in the right shape mentally, physically, for like being champion. So yeah. When you look at a lot of the top mixed martial artists right now, they're all part of these teams. You know, it's American Top Team, it's Extreme Couture, the big, the big gyms. You've had Coach Pavel and your sister, and that's basically been your team for your entire career. What's the benefit of that? Because I, you know, you don't see Pavel in the corner of a lot of other fighters. It's just you and Antonina. Do you think that that's a, a big benefit to have that kind of specialized attention all the time? You know, uh, actually, like uh, we traveled this year to Kyrgyzstan back home, and Pavel has a lot of students back there. And uh, for example, at that time when we lived in Kyrgyzstan, he has like a lot of like world champions, uh, European, Asian champions. And right now there is like new uh, young generation of fighters who are like really like born with um, like MMA fighters and very skillful, very talented. And I think it's just a matter of time 
when we see all of them fighting like in bigger promotion and hopefully like they will uh, go all the way up to UFC and this is the moment when for example we will see Pavel like Corner and other Kyrgyzstan fighters but um, yes um, I, um, I I say that um, this is like what we are, how we are, uh, and what is our team. We are, um, love to travel a lot and like love to train in different gyms with different fighters. And because it's like, give you, um, uh, it's show you that there is like so much different techniques. There is so much different type of fighters that you have to adjust and know and know uh, like what can expect you inside of the octagon. So I think it's uh, it's benefit me a lot, like be able to train with different training partners. Your next opponent, Chilo Santos. To me, this is the toughest kind of opponent that you can have because not a lot of people talk about her. Not a lot of people know about her. Everybody's expecting you to run her over, and she's a really, really good fighter. But just a lot of people have no idea about how good she is, what she brings to the table. How hard is it to, you know, have an opponent like this where the expectation is just that you're going to completely run them over and that nobody's heard of them? This is just the next person in line. Uh, you know, I, like, in all my career, I never focused on, like, what people think and what they are uh, talking about and what is their, like, predictions or something like that. Um, being a re real fighter, what is important for me study my opponent, see where she's good, where she's bad, analyze her uh, technique, analyze her strategy, analyze her character, analyze everything about her, and find that hole where I will destroy her. This is everything what I care about. I don't care how famous she, I really have to see how strong is she. So for me, fight is fight and fight is real. It's not something what like we expect or some people expect. No, octagon is very real and I understand where I'm stepping in. That's why I keep myself real too. All right, so how would you rank her skills compared to your previous opponents? If you were to grade her out of 10, what do you think she is? Oh no, I don't want to do that. It's very simple and it's very kind of like, um, I don't see any reason why I have to do because she's she. And I cannot compare how she fights, like, uh, even the same, like, opponent, what she fighted with uh, Jennifer Maya, Jojo Calderon, and uh, Tyler Santos, Jojo Calderon. I even cannot, like, compare this to fight because every fighter is different and have different skills, have different, like, everything. So, uh, for me, it's, like, not, uh, there is no sense to run her because she is she. <laughs> And final question for you. Your, your parents are Ukrainian. You're born in Kyrgyzstan. You speak Russian. Um, what do you think of the tensions about what's going on in Eastern Europe right now in terms of Ukraine and, and Russia and the conflict there? I'm sure that as somebody who travels the world, you probably have uh, an opinion on this, and you've been to both these countries. I was born in Kyrgyzstan. My mother Russian, my father Ukrainian. And I lived all my life in Kyrgyzstan. I lived my life uh, for eight years in Peru. I travel a lot. And everything as I wish for whole entire world is peace. Because peace is progress. 
and I love to see every place smiling and happy. And this is what I really want for everyone and wish it to, for everyone. And yeah, focusing to my fight and getting ready for my fight as uh, like as best as I can and do um, what I can do in my life and like just thinking about everyone and wishing everyone uh, love, peace and happiness. Well, amen to that. Uh, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it as always, Valentina, and uh, best of luck against your opponent, Chilo Santos. Thank you. Thank you, Aaron. It's been two plus years since Joanna Jędrzejczyk has fought in the octagon back against Zhang Wei Li. Now, after a fight like that, Joanna, you obviously need some downtime. Was it the right time to hit the reset button in your career at that point in time? Uh, I'm happy to be back, and I, uh, you know, it's a good feeling that you don't have to do things you don't want to do, and it's a good feeling when you can do things you really want to do, and you like you are feeling you. You really want to do so that's the momentum you know in october i made a decision that i want to be back it took a few months to prepare but we are here a few days uh, before probably second biggest fight in the women's ma history it's a massive fight it's all the way on the other side of the world too you have yeah. to travel to singapore for it uh oh, what's, yeah. what's fight week been like for you it's been a long time since you had a fight week Oh yeah, it's about to. Uh, we are about to start fighting. You know, it's early in the morning in Singapore, and today I I have tons of media to do checking uh, and other things with the UFC. But man, it's good to see all these happy faces, people from the UFC staff. I love these people because uh, they do the work before. Of course, we're working in the gyms, preparing for the fights, the events, the venues. But they they working behind the scenes, and and I'm very happy to to meet them, talk to them, smile, laugh with them, and and that's the that's the thing. So I'm very 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 happy. <laughs> well, I saw that you've been Excited. to a, you've been to an Eagle FC fight, but have you been to a UFC fight since your last one in terms of just being in attendance? Oh yeah, I was at the 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 I was in Vegas. I used to Vegas when uh, Masvidal fought. I don't know what was the number of the UFC. 242? No. Yeah, no you're asking was, the wrong guy. I don't no. remember this stuff either, so I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I uh, No, I was to some of the of the events. So were you you were behind the scenes. You got to kind of experience Fight Week, although you weren't competing. So it's it's not that yeah, far yeah, removed. Yeah, it's totally different, you know. Fight Week is different. And uh, when you're competing, it's totally different, you know. And... And uh, you know, you, you go there, you 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 dress nice, you watch the fights, you go home, and and uh, during fight week we still have to deal with tons of uh, things uh, before the fight, the weight cut, etc., uh, etc. Et but it's a fun part. I love it. I love I I love my job. I love every single part of my of being an athlete, being a fighter. Now, your opponent, Zhang Veili, she's 0-2 since you guys fought. Obviously, she fought Rose twice, who's one of the toughest opponents that you can face. But do you feel like the after effects of your fight made it difficult for her to continue to have the kind of success that she was having? Oh, you know, I think I shouldn't be talking about because last Rose's fight with Carla showed that we all grow up different. Every fight opponent you know and it's crazy 
but it's the beauty of this sport, you know. And uh, yeah, that's the that's the that's the thing, you know. That's the thing. I'd love to hear what you were so thinking. So look at my fight with uh, my look at my second fight with Rose. Look at uh, second fight uh, Rose's fight with Wei Zhang. Uh, you know, when there is a knockout, it's done deal. But when you put on like five rounds of hard fights, you know, like an amazing fight. And look at the fight with with Carla Esparza, you know, and it's all about what the opponent brings for you that night, you know. Did I say did I say it right? No, absolutely, absolutely. But I'm curious when yeah, you're watching when you're watching that fight with Rose and Carla, what's going through your mind? Are you just like, come on, Rose, go, 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 or Carla, go, go? Like, I, I, thought, I know you've I talked thought, about how. I thought, I thought... Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I was watching on millions, you know, and people people were watching me watching, and I had so much fun. But uh, man, I was surprised. I thought I thought that Rose won this fight, but man, like before twenty twenty two started, I told myself that it was going to the best year of my life, personally. Sports-wise, you know, and business-wise, and I feel like the whole universe is behind my back, and history made a circle, and you know, I just have to make sure that I will win on Saturday, and I will go for the belt. I imagine in your mind you're thinking it's much easier for me to get another fight with Carla than another fight with Rose. Ah, uh, isn't like this. This is what I have said in the beginning of this interview that we all show up different in, in different in, in, in the fights, you know, that, that that's the that's the craziest thing about this sport. So you never know till the time you step into the octagon, you know, and face your opponent. Yeah, but what I mean is because you were 0-2 against Rose, it's oh, easier to get the matchup with I Carla. Like, you know, like, hey, okay, so look at the other way, like, okay, Carla got the shot, she won, she became the champ. Uh, now I'm about to get a shot and I will become the champ. It's just history, you know, and and yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just fine, you know. It's amazing the, how the division's history, gone, for right? For the story, there's a story to tell, you yeah. know. Well, you look at the first fight between Carla and Rose, the first ever title fight, and then her first defense, Carla, is you, right? So, I mean, it could happen all over again. Oh, yeah. That's, that's that's beautiful, you know, and it's been five years since I lost the bet, but I feel like it's the right right moment, you know. Now, one of your other former opponents, uh, Karolina Kovalkevich, became your training partner. Uh, yeah. She won this past weekend, looked fantastic. Uh, what were you thinking when you watched yeah. her compete? I, I haven't watched her fight. I watched some short uh, video clip because of my, uh, because I'm trying to adjust to the time. In Singapore, that's why I I could I couldn't set my alarm and 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 uh, and, and be awake because I have to think about my my fight, you know. Uh, and that's the thing. But I watched some some clip. I'm very proud of Carolina and uh, happy for her. Absolutely, it's nice to see her get back in the win column. And <laughs> looking at uh, this particular fight with with Zhang, Rose Namajunas said she wanted to help you a little bit in terms of the strategy for this fight. Did you end up getting in touch with her? Yes, but it was uh, I was too deep in camp to make adjustments, you know, as my sparring partners, my teammates. So it was four weeks before my fight, you know. And but I'm very grateful. Thanks, Rose, and 
uh, we're planning to catch up after the fight. Do you think that this fight is going to be like the last fight? Or do you think that fans that are expecting that are going to be uh, in for a bit of a surprise? Because it seems like you've talked a lot about fighting a lot safer this time around in terms of not getting hit quite as much as, as you did in the last fight. I feel like we are going to put on a of the fight, you know. Uh, you, you know, I know what to do. I have to avoid punches and, and the contact. I have to move more. Don't stay in the pocket. But it doesn't mean that the fight is going to be boring, man. I'm telling you, and I have a feeling we're going to put on hell of a fireworks again. You know? Was this the most fun camp you had in a long time because of the time off? Yes. And honestly, I can tell you that I'm in the best shape ever physically, mentally. Anything and everything can happen in the octagon. Uh, but uh, I'm feeling the best shape ever. Really, honestly. And... And I'm very happy that I didn't fight as I, I planned the end of March, that I extended the camp. Of course, I'm t I was tired because now it's time to refresh, get the speed, make the weight. But I was super, super, super exhausted because of the amount of training. I've been preparing for this fight since October. Uh, I moved to American Top Team in the middle of January. So I've been training there for four months, preparing for this fight. Of course, uh, I had no idea I was going to fight Wei Di Zhang till the end of March or middle of March or beginning of March, but I knew that something was going to happen and it's happening, you know. Of course, I have creator above me, but I want to be creator of my, of my, of my, of my life, my fighting career, you know, of my business career and it's happening. But I've been training really, really hard. Is this the first time where you felt like you're fully in control of what's going on in your life? Like where you're you're calling all the yeah. shots? Yes, because like I don't have to do it for money, but somehow I signed a new deal with the UFC. And, uh, but I don't need to do this for exposure because my legacy is big. But I want to do this because it's part of my, my life. This is what made me. This is who I am. And, uh, but there's no pressure, you know, I'm happy in my personal life and it's been, it's been a while because I, like we all have, uh, up and downs in our lives, but I feel like I'm pure, you know, I'm crystal again, like a diamond and I can fully enjoy my life, uh, from every, 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 every side, you know. And it feels to me just from talking to you that the big challenge here isn't Zhang Veili. It's how much better can Yoani and Jacek get, right? Is that kind of what it is? It's like how much challenging yourself well, like, at this point I, in time. Jennifer Goldstein, my manager, is sitting here. And I told her, like, oh, I feel so good. I'm ready. I'm the best shape ever. Yesterday she watched me training and she was like, okay, you told me you're ready. But this is insane, you know. So, guys, I hope I will keep this. I really believe I will have this energy in the octagon on, on Saturday, on, on Sunday here in, in Singapore. <laughs> well, since your manager's sitting there... And like I said, it's a tough fight. It's probably it's going to be the toughest fight in my fighting career. Like I said, anything and everything can happen, but I'm already the winner for myself, you know, because of the amount of work I put in. 13 trainings a week, uh, every week, uh, for the last four months. 
Well, I don't speak on behalf of the MMA world, but if I did, I would say it's great to have you back. It's nice to see you against Zhang Beili for you. the rematch. And uh, since your manager's there, tell Jen I say hi. It's always a pleasure speaking with her as well. And uh, I look forward Same to hi. speaking with you again. <laughs> take care, Joanna. All the best and best of luck against Zhang. Bye, Jean. take care. See ya. As always, appreciative of my guests for joining me this week. UFC President Dana White, Yuri Prokhashka, Glover Teixeira, Valentina Shevchenko, Joanna Janjacek. Thank you for joining me. And uh, we're going to actually have some more interviews later this week. And I might end up putting out a second edition of the uh, interview, a second interview edition for the week. I, I don't know if I'm done yet. I think we might have some more coming up. Some more interesting names. So stay tuned for that. None of it's confirmed yet, so I don't want to preview anything just yet. So just stay tuned. That might, that might be coming out later this week. It'll be interesting putting out three editions of the show this week. But hey, you know what? Content is content, and content is king. And you know what? If one of my favorite podcasts put out, not to, not to suggest necessarily that this is one of your favorite podcasts. If it is, thank you. But if one of my favorite podcasts put out a bonus edition, I would listen to it. So thank you for tuning in to perhaps the first of two interview editions this week, or the only interview edition. Keep checking out your podcast feed to see if anything else pops up. But uh, again, thank you to Dana White, to Glover Teixeira, Yuri Prokhashka, Valentina Shevchenko, and Joanna Yunjicic, and to you for going and rating and reviewing the show. And if you haven't done that yet, please do. We really appreciate that. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the TSN MMA Show. For all the latest UFC news, visit tsn.ca slash UFC.